When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Deontay Wilder is a big useless dosser. But, <laughs> may I say, may I say, I've sparred everybody in the world, heavyweight boxing, middleweights, light heavyweights, cruiserweights, featherweights, I've sparred, supposed to be the biggest punchers, fought everybody. Um, it goes into the, I was trying to feel his power all the way through, I was trying to goad him into letting me have a couple of shots in the... Um, press conferences and the weigh-ins and that I wanted to feel some of this knockout dynamite power he was going on about because he knocked out all of his opponents um, I went out then the first round and I was just fainting him and I was thinking right I'm just going to get see how it goes in the first round so all of a sudden he threw a jab just a little soft jab bam like that and I caught it with my right hand so I was short side and I caught it with a right glove like that and I thought fuck me if I, if that would have hit me, I'd have been out like a light. That was a jab. I'm thinking, if that's the jab. What's the right hand going to be like? I don't want to take one of them. And I was successful in not taking the right hand right up until round nine. And I was in round nine, and I was bobbing and weaving. I thought, yeah, he can't hit me. I'm too good for this kid. And all of a sudden, I woke up and I'm on the floor. I thought, fucking hell, I'm on the floor again. How the fuck have I ended up down here? And I didn't know, I didn't know what punch I've been hit with or nothing because whoever's ever been boxed or been punched and knocked out or dropped or anything, you never know how you get there. You sort of wake up and you're on the floor or you see the way you're on the floor, you think someone's drawn it on me or whatever. And um, I remember thinking, nah, I'm all right. He thinks he's got me, looked up at him and he's like going round the ring doing all his dancing and all that. And I thought to myself, nah, it's not over yet. So I started doing the Billy Joe effect. Um, when I was in Canada recently last year, I watched me pal box for the uh, middleweight championship of the world. His op- opponent was for swinging big shots and he just kept leaning back and like looking at him at the stars like that. So I thought I'd try and be clever. And while I was on the floor like this, out, I thought I'd start looking up at the stars like that. <laughs> and. Uh, Anyway, I almost didn't make the count fucking around on the floor that much. Um, but anyway, I got back up and landed some good shots on him in that round and probably, probably got the better of that round apart from the knockdown. And then round 10 come out, I thought, you're fucked now because you've hit me with all your best shots and I'm still standing. 
So I come out and attacked him in round 10. I had a good round, I won round 10, round 11, very comfortable. I started to land combinations, so I'm starting to land really good punches. And then I went back to the corner in round, uh, round 11, and Ben said, look, one more round, and you're the heavyweight champion of the world again. Just stand up for the round, and you, you'll win. Can't lose, he's got need to knock out to win. Goes out and gets walloped in the last round, doesn't he? <laughs> and while I'm on the floor, unconscious, thinking of absolutely fuck all, because I was knocked out, um, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, after about four or five seconds of regained consciousness, I thought, get up now, get up you big dosser, get up you big dosser. So I got up and I thought, right, this is it now, shit or bust. I thought, I've, I've nearly been killed on the floor, now it's time to fight. And I got up and I took a couple more shots and landed some good ones on myself. And then, then the bell went and I was obviously celebrating because I knew I won the fight. So I'm running around the ring screaming, Nan the new and all that sort of stuff as you do. And I had the scorecards, 117, 110 Wilder. I thought, what? Then I heard 117, 110 Fury. I thought, yeah, that's more like it. Then I heard 114, 114 Draw. And I thought, that fella's had more drugs than I have. Fucking idiot. <laughs> and uh, I just, do you know what? I was half sick at the beginning of it all for about 10 seconds. And uh, I was looking outside the ring and I could see my brother Shane. He's as big as me, but 30 stone and he was kicking off and there was about 14,000 fans over there, yeah, uh, supporting me. So I thought, in a minute, this place is going to be smashed up. We're all going to get a bad name. We're all going to get deported and I'm never allowed back in America ever again. I already had trouble getting in there. And um, so I tried to calm that down, tried to get everyone back to the changing room without causing a riot. And that was it, really. I thought to myself, if they're going to... They're going to rob me on the world stage like this in front of the world. And everybody knows. Everybody knows the truth. So I thought, they obviously needed it more than I did, but... <laughs> the thing I really wanted to show, though, why I kept my composure, I didn't go back to hell again. Because after training your nuts off for so long and coming back against all the odds and then to be on the biggest stage and win and not get it, that's enough to drive a man back to where he came from. But I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not gonna go back to them dark places because this is my opportunity here now to, to yet again prove that no matter what happens to you, how, how hard you get kicked when you're down, that you can't be, you can't be made stay down. You, you can't, you gotta keep moving forward and keep going. And I, I think I proved that again by not going back to the darkest places that I ever was and kept positive, <laughs> kept in shape. Um, and kept fit. So that, that was the main ambition, not, not to let it get me down. And, and it didn't, you know, I've uh, been training every day since the fight, sometimes twice a day. Uh, I weighed 18 stone two yesterday. So I'm ready to fight. I'm just waiting on, a, on, a, on an opponent and a date to happen. And uh, I'll be back in there. So you have a, a five fight deal now with ESPN. Congratulations. So I've heard, yeah. Congratulations, massive deal yeah. for yourself in America. Um, I know that you mentioned just the other day on social media, you were saying that, you know, when you were doing an exchange with Deontay Wilder, you said, why would I go back to Showtime and get robbed again? Is that the reason why you decided to not go with the rematch and move over or move on to fight whomever? 
it's one of the reasons why we're not going back on Showtime again because I've, I've been it seems that I'm unbeaten in 28 fights I'm the lineal heavyweight champion of the world I've won every belt there is to win in boxing um, but it, I still feel that I'm a journeyman opponent for everybody oh yeah just call Tyson he's a jippo get him in the ring he'll go and fight anybody do you know what I mean it's like I've got to travel around the world fighting everybody and anybody just send him he'll go and you know I'm not an opponent for anybody like I say, I've won all my fights and I've won every belt and I, still, I was still being used as an opponent. I was an opponent for John McDermott in the beginning and I was an opponent twice for Derek Chisora. Then I was an opponent for Vladimir Klitschko. Then I was an opponent for Wilder. Then they wanted me to be another opponent. I was just like, do you want me to lick your nuts as well while I'm at it? Is there anything else I can do for you? And it's just, it's, it's been a crazy old ride, you know, because... After everything I've achieved in, in boxing and all the fights I've won, to still be being used as an opponent for people. And I'm going there, and I'm, I've not got an opponent's mentality. I'm not going to lose in any fight. I don't care where it is or who it's against. I'm going to win every single time. And no matter where it is in the world, it doesn't really matter to me, really, if I'm speaking honest. But it's the principle of being used and abused. Um, and for anybody who's in the room who's been used and abused, you know what I'm talking about. It's not a nice feeling, is it? So we come to the rematch and then it's like, oh yeah, let's just go back to America again because we're not going to come to England. Well, I'm thinking, I've already beat you in America. You come to England if you want a rematch. And that's off the table. So then I, then I got offered this deal with ESPN um, and he finally gives me the power to bring all the big names and all the so-called champions to me. So for the first time in my whole career, 11 years as a professional, I'm in the driving seat now all those motherfuckers have got to come to the daddy. Me. Every single one of them. They know where to find me. Um, so I'm looking forward to the biggest and best fights. You know, ESPN are the, the biggest sports network in the world, barring none. And they promised me they're going to get me the biggest and best fights available. So um, I'll wait and see. Now Frank Warren said that he, uh, ESPN and Bob Aaron were looking to give you a United States exposure fight and I can't imagine a bigger exposure fight than the rematch that is with Wilder so what exactly fell through why can't we get that fight next I'm not I'm not too sure I know ESPN want to showcase me on their channel to get the the, the Wilder not what was not he's not a, like interested in coming over to ESPN or what was the well, deal? I'm not too sure I know he's been offered the deal um, which he's declined so it seems to be that unless it's in their favor 90-10 they don't want to know but when it comes to be like, oh yeah, come to my station and fight me at my station, when I'm, I'm on the top of the bill, it's like, oh no, we're gonna swerve that. So it seems to be the same old story. Unless I'm willing to put everything on the line and gain nothing and get robbed in the meantime, then they don't wanna fight. And that's what I keep finding. But listen, the names are unimportant to me at this stage. I'm gonna get out in America, um, Get, into, get introduced to their fans in, in the biggest fights possible. Whoever it is, I'm not really too bothered. I can beat them all anyway. Um, and that's it, really. Just look forward to a, a healthy and happy 2019. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.